Hello and welcome to The Song Inside, where we go inside people's stories to discover their songs. I'm your host, Dietrich Rodman Struck, piano goddess and song goddess, and I'll be walking people through this journey to find the songs hidden within themselves. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Song Inside. I'm currently rocking out today with my good friend, who is a beautiful man and a beautiful person and many other things, Francois Zalakan. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Do people not get it correct a lot of the time? (laughs) No, it's a good pronunciation. How do you say my name? (laughs) Deidre Rodman. Very good. <laughs> um, although now I guess it's Deidre Rodman struck. Ben was very upset when I first put my albums out that he hadn't asked me to marry him yet because then my albums were under my maiden name. I said, That's good. Should have got to you me know. sooner. Christine, my wife, uh, is Christine Brasset, her, her maiden name. Right. Uh, yeah. You are sitting in Sunnyside Studios main office. I can see a stack of CDs behind you. And for people who don't know who you are, can you tell people a little bit about who you are? That's a deep question, I know. Yeah, I mean, that's a question <laughs> I can go for hours with it. But to, to make it simple, uh, I'm the owner with my wife, Christine, of a company called Sunnyside Communications, who has for major mission to record music, to record, to, let's say, to disseminate music, which is jazz, essentially, jazz music, but not only jazz. And the label is called Sunnyside Records. We have been in business since 1982 in terms of uh, recording. That was when the first record was made back in 1982. So we we're very close to, what, 40 years. Yes, and that brings me to another important point, which is a party. <laughs> oh, the famous party, yes. Every time, every time I see Francois, I say, well, we did it once. We did a party yes. once. And we ever since party. then, we talked about doing a party. And for the 40th anniversary, we said we should do a party. Remember, like two years ago, we talked about you, doing it in 2022, and then the pandemic happened. You know what was interesting is that the, that party was in 2002. So in 2022, is going to be 20 years. Let's do the party. Let's, let's do, do the, the party. Yes. We have a lot to celebrate. Exactly. We'll, we'll do it in, uh, in 2022. Okay. Promise? I have, I have plenty of photos of the, or pictures of the, that party. I know. Well, that was great. we did it. Where did we do it? At that place that went out of business around the corner? No, it didn't go. Let's say, yes, it went, we did it at Manganaros, mm. which uh, many people in New York City know about. A great uh, grosseria, that's an Italian name, uh, which is a, a grocery. Uh, and Manganaros, at Manganaros, uh, his business in 2012 and but the place still 
still be open, and now it's called Tavola with the new owner, and now it's a restaurant. Initially, uh, Manganar was a, a grocery store and restaurant. It was Bo- so cool. A, com- a combination of both. I feel like I tried my first actual espresso there with you. That was like, you know, not not a fancy coffee drink or anything. It was like an espresso. It was very right. it was very exciting. And then I probably talked a million miles an hour. Right. Exactly. Um, the- we'll have to do it someplace bigger this time, though, because we want it to be bigger, the party. I want it to be bigger. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Francois, so every time I every time I see him, I'm always like, I don't know, I, I like to I like to poke at him, you know, party, party, party. Right, right, right. What was the first album that came out on Sunnyside all those years ago? So that that album, recorded in 1982, was called Mirth Song, and was by pianist Harold Danko. Mm. Um. So it, you could say is the is the founding musician of the label with his uh, best companion companion mean yeah uh, we know uh, 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 <laughs> yes uh, uh, fellow musician I mean um, Rufus Reed was ah. a duo was is a great album you you can listen to. Uh, to that album 40 years later and has not a wrinkle. On the contrary, it's like good wine. It's better now than it was mm. when it was recorded. I love that. What was the impetus for you to start Sunnyside? Because you were working at IBM. You know, I always loved jazz since I was a kid. Uh, I think I, maybe I was 9 to 12, 10 years old. Uh, I was in France, in Paris. The radio was on. Radio was important in those days because because the advent of uh, streaming radio was the 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 thing that you turn on to to listen uh, to music. Mm-hmm. And on the radio, I heard this song. This yes, this song. It was a Louis Armstrong. Hot five. Mm. And a kid that at this 10 years old, I don't know why, because at home we used to listen, my father listened a lot to classical music. And so let's say that my ear was trained to good music already. Uh, but that caught my my ear. And uh, and I remember the program. I remember the, the, the guy who, the, the DJ, if you want, of the program or the producer, his name was Hugues Panassier, very well known in the history of jazz in France, mm-hmm. was um, the founder of the Hot Club de France. And he had this program, maybe once a week or something like that. And I heard the Louis Armstrong there. And since then, I started to, to, to listen to jazz, not only jazz, because I remember, of course, the that... You know, uh, in the jukeboxes of uh, <laughs> of the day, uh, there was plenty of uh, other music than, than than jazz. But jazz was very important in France. Sidney uh, Bechet was a was a star, mm-hmm. was a pop star in France. Sidney Bechet, can you believe that uh, <laughs> uh, a clarinet player? 
from the U.S. was a pop star in the, uh, uh, in France. And, uh, that was the 50s, the, in, in the movies, the, the jazz music was very often used, especially in thrillers. Right. Jazz messengers had the soundtracks in, in uh, various French movies. So that's, that's, that's right. when I grew up, you know. And so I jazz, would, jazz, go jazz ahead. was always uh, in my, in, uh, my favorite music, right. let's say. But it's one thing to enjoy jazz and another thing to say, I'm leaving this profession and going to devote my yeah. life to this okay, other thing. Okay, so, so you're right. So I, working for IBM in France, I loved, I'm an engineer and I, I was working uh, um, for IBM and, and at the time I, they sent me, IBM sent me on an assignment what they call a rotation, management rotation assignment to the here to New York, in fact to Westchester, where uh, IBM had various locations, and to you know uh, to work your your up the ladder, and I gladly accepted that because New York, being the center of, of jazz, was a combination of great. Uh, I have a uh, Good job, and I will be listening to music. Mm. And I've been coming to New York to New York very often, practically every year, for all the seventies. Uh, at least once a year, I was in New York and going to the Village Vanguard and various mm -hmm. places. And I knew Harold Danko from from uh, from uh, going to the Vanguard, listen to Thad Jones Mel Lewis Orchestra, and Danko was the pianist for one or two years. Rufus Reed was the best player uh, at, at the same time. Uh, they played the Nice Festival, St. John's Mel Lewis, and Danko and Rufus were in that, uh, in that band in, in the summer, uh, maybe of uh, 77 or something like that. And uh, there's a good uh, YouTube uh, video of, uh, of that band there. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Right. And we became friends. And when I came to New York work for IBM, we invited him to dinner and so on. And in those trips that I used to come to New York for for business and so on, I will I will saw Duncan Rufus playing in 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 a club in a restaurant club that does not exist anymore called WPA on, uh, on West Broadway mm -hmm. and and I recorded them at the time with a cassette I recorded a good cassette Nakamishi player mm -hmm. uh, recorder and uh, in 81 end of 81 or beginning of 82 Danko came home here in New York uh, to have dinner and I put the cassette on the on the system, and we were dealing or listening to to that recording that was made three or four years before, and it sounded very good. and And I said, I said to Danko, that will make a wonderful album. 
just like this, not even thinking. Uh, <laughs> and Danko said, you know, it, it's very easy to record. We can, I know this recording studio, we can go. I said, well, okay, <laughs> let's do it. So we did, we did the album just uh, oh my gosh. Not, not, not even thinking of a label. I, I love that so much because just in the moment you said yes to a thing. Like how often in our lives somebody brings something up that's cool and we're like, oh, I don't know. You're like, yes, let's do it. And then now it's 40 years later and you're still going. Right. And that's, that's, that's how, how it started. So once you record an album, you need to, to do something with it. So <laughs> we, we started to, we started the label. Uh, a friend of mine, Chris, Chris Coffey, did the album cover. And, and that's it. And the rest we is history. We did the first album. <laughs> and Danko said, hey, we should record Kirk Lightsey. Kirk Lightsey is one of my, my favorite pianists. He has not an album on, on his own name. By the way, he's playing, he's playing now at Bradley's with, uh, Ron Carter. Let's go to see him. We go to see him. Kirk is playing at the, uh, at the end of the set. Danko uh, and I will go to Kirk. We start to talk, <laughs> and we said, "Will will you record an album for?" Kirk says, "Yes, indeed." So <laughs> we we did a solo a solo album, Light C One, and that's that's, that's the beginning a, of the label. One thing I want people to know about your label is that I consider, and many people in New York, young people especially, consider you a champion of New York jazz, of, of us, of musicians. And normally on this podcast, I interview songwriters, but I feel like you are the ultimate curator of songs, of compositions, of albums, because you've helped produce. How many albums do you think you've helped produce at this point? That's, that's a very good question, because <laughs> right now our catalog is uh, goes into... Um, the numbers, let's say, on the more than six hundred, but not all were initiated by by us. Right. You know? the let's say that the first the first hundred were ninety percent initiated by us. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, today, with the the changing, the change in the. In the music, not, not not the music, but the industry of the industry, the retail of uh, how the, this thing, it, the music is distributed from physical to digital and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 role of a label of an independent label has changed, especially for for us. Very early in the two thousands. We, we started to, to license albums instead of, uh, let's say, uh, what we call produce albums. That means we will take albums from artists that present their music. They said, oh, uh, I have already recorded this. That was the case of your album, mm-hmm. uh, your first album. And we said, yes, I, I like what, what I hear. So, yes, we'll take it. We'll take a license and uh, the album is yours, but we will, uh, we will market the album. And uh, so you have that combination of uh, 
of albums that were initiated by the label and mm. the albums that, that were initiated by the artist. More and more is the artist that initiates the, right. the, 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 and I always had the, not, not, not as a policy, but uh, the, the way I feel. The music, especially in jazz, is produced by the, the artistic production is produced by the artist, not, not by someone else. It's the artist that comes with the project. An artist that doesn't have a project in hand is not someone who will record for some side. Right. Uh, because, because what I like in the music is the, is the identity of the, the musical identity of the artist. Mm -hmm. And the artist is mature enough, regardless of his age, to, to come with a project that is the artist project, not someone else's yeah, project. Yeah, it's the vision. And, and that's what we do. I, I, now, I remember so clearly my first... Well, first of all, I had sent out, you know, my album to so many people as one did back in two, the early 2000s, 2001, I think it was. And I got some very nice rejection letters back <laughs> um, from other labels. And then some labels, you know, didn't listen to it. And then I got your letter, which was so lovely. And it said, this is basically, this is interesting to me. Like, come in. And I was, I I almost fell on the floor. I was like, what? I mean, who am I? I'm this like 20 something jazz pianist girl from Idaho. And I had this vision and I had this band. I recorded the project on my own. And then I went and met you. And it was just this amazingly magical thing for me. I was so nervous. And you're so loyal and you just trust the artist. For my second and third albums, I, I remember saying like, I want to do this or I want to do this. And you just said, okay, you're the artist. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes. If, if, I mean, once you trust the, the artist, I mean, you, what he, he does, you can give your opinion on something that you like better than other things and, and so on. Or, or if sometimes the artist comes with a crazy marketing idea, mm. I don't want the artist to have too many marketing ideas. Right. In terms of the music. Mm. What can the you music, say? Can you say more about that? Yes, the about that is some artists sometimes tell you, should I do this thing because right now, uh, you know, the trend is uh, the. I said, the trend don't follow trends. Uh, mm. The following a trend because you think it's going to sell is not is not a sure thing. If it was a sure thing. I would say, okay, go go for it because I'm I'm not against making money, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You you opened a jazz label, so one would question that, perhaps. But <laughs> right, and I, I mean that, that that's one thing I should say. Uh, very early, I realized first I didn't open the label for uh, to make money, and very and, and early. Early on, I realized that having a jazz label, an independent label, and especially a jazz label, is not going to be a moneymaker. Don't count on that uh, to live, uh, to, to sustain you. The ideal is when you, you manage not to lose money already. Mm -hmm. And we were fortunate enough, uh, my wife and I, not needing the label to, to, to make money, to, to put 
bread on the table, you know. Yeah. So the, the key thing is to stay alive, you need not to lose money. And that's it. But making money is not the, is not the, the objective of, of the level. We're not against the OEA. Of course. It's not the objective. But it's not like you're going to sign somebody just because they have a trendy idea at the moment that maybe your heart isn't into just for an easy buck, you know? Exactly. Many times the trendy ideas are, I mean, you know, someone comes with something that works well, you know, and, and you have some musicians and some artists that go immediately into a follow, follow the trail. It don't succeed. Don't succeed because the the, the one the, the the one that uh, the artist that first did initiated the trail. Yes, that was good for him, but uh, but also they, that work, person that person was being their authentic self, and that's what people heard in it. So to try to right. mimic that is just a fool's exactly. errand. <laughs> exactly. I want to play um, a song by one of my favorite artists and one of your favorite artists, Luciana Souza, that you picked. Uh, Luciana, she's this beautiful light in the world. And I felt so lucky to meet her when she was singing at Cornelia Street Cafe in, in New York City. And I went up to her and I said, I, I need to play with you. Um, and I don't even know if... I knew about her connection to Sunnyside at that time, or I don't remember, but can you tell me why you picked this particular song? I mean, you can pick from Luciana, you can pick any songs. That, first, she's a singer-songwriter. She's not only, only she's a great musician, she's a great uh, uh, singer, a, a great Let's say also she knows the Brazilian songbook and the tradition of Brazilian music like to like few people today. She's a percussionist. And yes, she's, she's a musician. She's yeah. a musician. And I met her the first time when I went to, sm to Smalls to listen to Guillermo Klein back in 19, 1995. Mm. And she was there. And she had one song with Guillermo, with Guillermo Klein's band is uh, 11 musicians. Mm -hmm. And she had one song. And then we talk on the, on the sidewalk at the end of the, the set. And I love immediately what she was doing. That was not not our usual stuff. That was music by Guillermo Klein, and and so we we started the we did an album. I think uh, the the songs of Elizabeth Bishop, uh, an American poetess that have lived in Brazil. And we did that album. And then she, as a gift to Sunnyside, she came with an album she had recorded in, uh, by herself in Brazil uh, that we released in 2002, Brazilian Duos. That's 
such a good record. And and that that became the the bestseller of all the Sunnyside albums. It's a great, a great, a great album. The the song that I selected here is from a, a record that she did. Let's say inspired by Chet Becker. Mm-hmm. Chet Becker, many people know, of course, a great trumpet player, a great musician, but also a great jazz singer, unique jazz singer, uh, with a, a unique way to sing without vibrato, very, very naturally singing, which um, I'm, I'm very inclined to the singers that do not use effects, that just sing naturally, like Meredith D'Ambrosio, that is on my level. And, and that song, on top of that, is one of the most beautiful songs in the American songbook. Uh, so let's listen to it and you, you, you'll see. This is called Forgetful.
Burgess. Yes, that's a George Handy song. He was a jazz musician, a pianist. Great song. His wife, Flo, was a singer also, Flo Handy. So at this point in your life, I would imagine you have listened to hundreds of thousands of songs. So this is a really, maybe a kind of a basic question, but in your opinion, what makes a great song? Here, listening again, you have, you have everything. When you listen to that song, that uh, the way uh, Luciana does, Chet Becker did sim- similarly. You hear the music and you hear the lyrics. Mm. Even for someone like French like me, <laughs> which is, um, English is not my uh, native language, it's all so so clear. The music, the, the, the lyrics, it's a perfect combination. Great music and great lyrics. Mm. I mean, and simplicity in one sense also, you know? The simplicity, what Luciana does here, what, what do you have? You have a guitarist, and is there a bass player? Maybe, yes. I forgot. <laughs> but, but you don't need much to make something that is absolutely great. I love that. I feel like a lot of people, myself included when you're younger, think that the way to a great song is by throwing everything into the song. And sometimes I think that's true if if, if that's your vision and if that's really what you're feeling. But often... You know if it's a good song if you can strip everything away and it's still a good song. Exactly. And that song too, you, what you have is silence, moments mm. of silence. Yes. And in, in jazz, the, the king of silence was Miles Davis, you know. And silence is a, is a, it's necessary in, in, in good music with, without silence. It's not music. Agreed. So I also asked you to pick a song of mine, which I realize seems very egotistical now that I'm saying it. But you, you were the one who believed in me and put out three of my records. And so I wanted to know what song of mine you would choose. So you chose Sunday Drive. Why did you pick that song? Again. Here we have simplicity. You have your two musicians, you know. Um, that song is, I mean, is a great composition. The your partner, Steve Swallow. Yes, Steve Swallow. It's funny because there's a relationship between... The, when you ask me for, about songs, I think I gave you three songs. Mm-hmm. I gave you this, the, the Luciana, mm-hmm. this one, and one of Johnny Mitchell. Yeah, All I Want, I think. All I Want. Yeah. And interesting enough, I didn't know about the, the Blue Album of Johnny Mitchell. What? No, hold on. <laughs> Okay. Before before I knew all I want, 
I became aware of All I Want on a Keith Jarrett album that was recorded back at the time. Mm-hmm. And I got that album in France, and I loved the, the, the music. And then, of course, I, when I saw who wrote the, the, the music, I went, and then is when I discovered Johnny Mitchell, which is the ultimate yes. songwriter, quintessential singer songwriter. Uh, yes, if you have to put someone at the top, it's, jo- it's Johnny Mitchell. And I'm not sure, but I think that Steve Swallow wasn't uh, on the. At the same time, Steve Swallow did a, a, a composition called. Como in Vietnam, like in Vietnam. I don't know if you know that composition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a great song. And everything is mixed in my, in, in my, <laughs> you know, when, when, when you, you said that you knew uh, Steve Swallow because you have met him and uh, I think, what is Switzerland or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Right. You have a good memory. Gosh. Yes. Uh, and that when you recorded that, that that album, not only that song, but other songs are, are absolutely great. And again, let's listen to it. But what I said about Forgetful, the song that we just heard from Luciana, applies totally to to to, to this song that you did with uh, with Steve Swallow. Please play it for me. I will. I will, Francois. Sunday Drive.
Studio fade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, we're listening again to that. That's typically, if, if you listen to that, you know that the artist is American. How so? And the composition in the, the way. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it has this, I'm not a musicologist, but what I hear, you hear, Americana stuff. Right. It's interesting you said that because the whole album was basically a letter to my birth mother before I met, even met her because I'm from Idaho and I was born in this tiny town. And that particular song was about going on these Sunday drives with my adoptive family through these very Americana-type landscapes. And exactly. so that's what I was hoping to convey. So I'm glad that that came through. Yes. And... Interesting enough, if you listen to early Keith Jarrett, like Restoration Ruin, you, you, that album where Keith Jarrett wrote, uh, played All I Want, mm -hmm. I think he, he played also Como in Vietnam from oh, Steve wow. Swallow. That's, that's what, what made the connection, if you, right. if you want. And, and, those albums, we had that trio mm. with Paul Motion, I think it was recorded in 68. I forgot the title of the album. I have it somewhere. Uh, with Charlie Hayden, Paul Motion, a mm -hmm. trio. Yeah. And it's an American album in one sense. It's just American album. And I think it was the first time that consciously I, 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 I put an identity. I said, these guys, could not be could not be a pianist uh, from Germany or, or, or France. 
you know, even a great jazz pianist. This, this, this is an American pianist. <laughs> I love that. I had never thought about the music in that way. I love that because part of my upbringing was mountains and wide open spaces. And, and that's partly why also on this album, Twin Falls, we, Steve and I did some really short improvisations. And it was like we were just two kids playing, you know, and he's so open. There's just something about when you say Americana, I think of openness and prairies and, and he's, he's like a kid almost. And I was like a kid. So we just let the music be open. Yeah. I talked to him, um, and we're totally down to do a follow-up at some point. So hopefully we will, we will get to that. I'm waiting for that. I know. I'm waiting for that, too. Who knows what that will be called. <laughs> okay. Um, so what's next for you? What's going on? We continue. I mean, right now, after more than one year of the pandemic, like everybody. I think we, the pandemic for us has not been so so dramatic in terms of uh, uh, in terms of business has not been good either, but the sales of uh, of physical CDs who were declining already before the pandemic, of course, decline even more. The major part being the fact that the artists, the musicians, not having gigs will not sell records on the gig. Yeah. So that, which is a part, uh, an, uh, an important share of the physical sales, is, didn't happen. Thankfully, the streaming picked up during the pandemic because, of course, the, the people don't go out or the, and the, 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 the streaming, which already was in progression, uh, did progress even more. So we have been able to, to maintain the label, uh, as I said, flood and we have released in 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 one sense more albums that, than before, because yes, the musicians had projects that have recorded before the pandemic. Some of them did something uh, records during the pandemic. So basically, right now we are we continue to to grow. I love that. And, I love and, that. And to put the music. And what is nice is now. More and more, we're going to to see live music again. Ah, thank goodness! Yeah, I went already back in uh, in April when the the first is April or early May. I think it was uh, by the end of April when they they allowed fifteen percent of uh, whatever. <laughs> right. They, they, I went to Smalls and uh, to a gig of Ethan Iverson. Ah, oh, nice. And we were 12 people in the... I love <laughs> <in> it. <Smalls. laughs> we were 12 people with the three on set. Yeah, that, oh my that, gosh. That, uh, at, at least that was the beginning. Now, right. uh, gigs are... Uh, uh, 
I know. Clubs I'm, are going, I'm, are going I'm to reopen. seeing my feed blow up now with gigs. So we should go out for sure. I'm so right. sad that the Jazz Standard closed. but no, they, I think they, they have, a, I, I heard that they have a, a project of, with a new venue okay. to, to reopen. What um, albums are are coming out that you're excited about that we want people to check out? Like a couple of them, two or three. I put an album by a duo album with pianist Lucian Ban mm. and saxophonist Abraham Burton. That is a beauty. Okay. It's a beauty. It was, it's, it's so anchor again in, Lucian Ban is from Romania, but he has been living here. He, he knows the jazz idiom and, and he knows the blues mm-hmm. because he has been playing with, uh, with, uh, here with uh, mainly Abraham. And he's a great, he's a, that's a great album that came out in, uh, in April. Okay. It's called Black Salt. Uh, we put out an album. Let's talk about pianists. Uh, Let's talk about pianists. Yes. <laughs> Noah Heydu. Oh, I love Noah. He did. He has this album, which is is an an album dedicated to to someone that he knew because of his father took. Uh, took him to concerts and so on. He's dedicated to Keith Jarrett. He's a love mm. letter to Keith Jarrett. It's a great album. It's all, all his compositions except one by Keith, mm-hmm. which is a great composition called Rainbow. And that's a great album with Billy Hart on drums, and you cannot do better. No. <laughs> <laughs> I will link uh, to all these in the show notes for sure. And hopefully I can come by the office sometime because, as Francois knows, one of my favorite things to do is to come to the office and go shopping. Where I, I bring a bag and I load up on all the new CDs. A perk. It's a nice perk. Yes. <laughs> we put out, speaking of Ethan Iverson, we put out back in uh, early this year a great... It was his first foray in uh, in arranging for a, a big band. Oh wow! He did he, he did that in Italy with the um, Umbria Jazz Festival band, and he did this album of Bud Powell tunes arranged for big band. Wow, I'm I can't I need to hear that because I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around that. And it's a beauty. It's a beauty. Wow. It's a beauty because again, it's not, he said I'm I'm not per se a big band arranger and so on. When I so it it's, it said that to me before I listened to it, and when I listened to it, I said this is good. <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> I think as and musicians, he, he, we're, uh, we're always discounting our own abilities. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that. Yes, he, he, didn't, uh, he, he didn't do uh, uh, gymnastics ar- arrangements, you know, uh, <laughs> com- complex ones, but it, it sounds great. Right. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that phrase from you to my songwriting students. No gymnastics arrangements, please. 
Well, no, sometimes gymnastics arrangements are great when the uh, was this guy, trumpet player, that had a big band, he's very well known, Don Ellis. Do, do you know Don Ellis? I know of him, you, but I don't know him. Uh, listen to the to his uh, big band stuff. Okay, it's very interesting because he, he uses weird meters, you know, like seven yeah. nineteenths and things, crazy, crazy stuff. But it's, it's interesting, very interesting. But that that was he did gymnastics arrangements, but interesting enough. But I feel like uh, the, what, what but you're what but what it? you're saying also is that like. Gymnastics arrangements, if that is your thing and you're feeling that, are great. And if, if you're not, then it, and you try it and it's like trying to do this thing that doesn't feel right to you, then not so good. Yeah. 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 Simple isn't easy also. Thank so you. Yes. Simple. Yes. Right. Very true. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am going to link to all of these. And if you think of more before this episode comes out, you can send me like more and I will come and see you and I'm going to shop and I'm going to yes, get all the sure. new records. <laughs> I want to thank you on behalf of me and so many other musicians for being a champion of the song and a champion of jazz and just an all around awesome, authentic person that's helped so many of us without being too gushy. Thank you, friends. Yeah. Thank you very much for your appreciation of the label. <laughs> I know that you love the label. Of course I love, love the label. Come on, who wouldn't you love know, it? It's, it's funny because you mentioned you, you like to come to sh someone who loves to sh shop at Sunnyside was Lee Konitz. He will, he will come wow. he will love, and he will love to pick up the, the albums of junior artists and listen to what they, they were doing. And he will call me and give me his... Uh, his uh, impressions of the album. Wow, that is a right. great story. Right, I love that. He, That's because he he, was, he knows that that kept him young, you know. Yeah, and he knew that you you were the source. You were a good source to go to because, as I said, you're a master curator. He wouldn't have to like weed through a bunch of stuff. He knew he could go there, and whatever he listened to was going to be a good product. So, so ha. Now we have a party. Okay. <laughs> okay. We will do that in 2022. <laughs> yes, sure. we will. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. And as always, you can find The Song Inside, new episodes every Monday. And remember that everyone has a song inside, including you. <laughs>